The Augsburg Confession, as read by Pastor Philip Hoppe. Article 24 of the Mass. Falsely are our churches accused of abolishing the Mass, for the Mass is retained among us, and celebrated with the highest reverence. Nearly all the usual ceremonies are also preserved, save that the parts sung in Latin are interspersed here and there with German hymns, which have been added to teach the people. For ceremonies are needed to this end alone, that the unlearned be taught what they need to know of Christ. And not only has Paul commanded to use in the church a language understood by the people, 1 Corinthians 14, 2-9, but it has also been so ordained by man's law. The people are accustomed to partake of the sacrament together, if any be fit for it, and this also increases the reverence and devotion of public worship. For none are admitted except they first be examined. The people are also advised concerning the dignity and the use of the sacrament, how great consolation it brings to anxious consciences, that they may learn to believe God, and to expect and to ask of Him all that is good. In this connection they are also instructed regarding other and false teachings on the sacrament. This worship pleases God. Such use of the sacrament nourishes true devotion towards God. It does not, therefore, appear that the Mass is more devoutly celebrated among our adversaries than among us. But it is evident that for a long time this also has been the public and most grievous complaint of all good men, that Masses have been basely profaned and applied to purposes of lucre, for it is not unknown how far this abuse obtains in all the churches by what manner of men masses are said only for fees or stipends, and how many they celebrate them contrary to the canons. But Paul severely threatens those who deal unworthily with the Eucharist when he says, 1 Corinthians 11.27, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. When therefore our priests were admonished concerning this sin, private masses were discontinued among us, as scarcely any private masses were celebrated except for Luther's sake. Neither were the bishops ignorant of these abuses, and if they had corrected them in time, there would now be less dissension. Heretofore, by their own connivance, they suffered many corruptions to creep into the church. Now when it is too late, they begin to complain of the troubles of the church, while this disturbance has been occasioned simply by those abuses which were so manifest that they could be borne no longer. There have been great dissensions concerning the Mass, concerning the sacrament. Perhaps the world is being punished for such long-continued profanations of the Mass as have been tolerated in the Church for so many centuries by the very men who were both able and in duty bound to correct them. For in the Ten Commandments it is written, Exodus 20, verse 7, the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. But since the world began, nothing that God ever ordains seems to have been so abused for filthy lucre as the Mass. There was also added the opinion which infinitely increased private Masses, namely that Christ by his passion had made satisfaction for original sin, and instituted the Mass wherein an offering should be made for daily sins, venial and mortal. From this has arisen the common opinion that the Mass takes away the sins of the living and the dead by the outward act. They then began to dispute whether one Mass said for many were worth as much as special Masses for individuals. And this brought forth that infinite multitude of Masses. With this work, men wished to obtain from God all that they needed, 
and in the meantime faith in Christ and true worship were forgotten. Concerning these opinions our teachers have given warning that they depart from the Holy Scriptures and diminish the glory of the Passion of Christ. For Christ's Passion was an oblation and satisfaction, not for original guilt only, but also for all other sins, as it is written to the Hebrews 10.10. We are sanctified through the offering of Jesus Christ once for all. Also Hebrews 10.14. By one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. It is an unheard of innovation in the church to teach that Christ by his death made satisfaction only for original sin and not likewise for all other sin. Accordingly, it is hoped that everybody will understand that this error has not been reproved without due reason. Scripture also teaches that we are justified before God through faith in Christ when we believe that our sins are forgiven for Christ's sake. Now if the Mass takes away the sins of the living and the dead by the outward act, justification becomes the work of Masses, and not of faith, which Scripture does not allow. But Christ commands us, Luke 22:19, This do in remembrance of me. Therefore the Mass was instituted that the faith of those who use the sacrament should remember what benefit it receives through Christ, and cheer and comfort the anxious conscience. For to remember Christ is to remember his benefits, and to realize that they are truly offered unto us. Nor it is enough only to remember the history, for this also the Jews and the ungodly can remember. Wherefore the Mass is to be used to this end, that the sacrament communion may be administered to them that have need of consolation. As Ambrose says, Because I am always sin, I am always bound to take the medicine. Therefore this sacrament requires faith, and is used in vain without faith. For so much as the Mass is such a giving of the sacrament, we hold one communion every holy day, and if any desire the sacrament also on other days, when it is given to such as ask for it. And this custom is not new in the church, for the fathers before Gregory make no mention of any private Mass, but of the common Mass, the communion, they speak very much. Christensen says that the priest stands daily in the altar, inviting some to the communion and keeping back others. And it appears from the ancient canons that some one celebrated the Mass from whom all the other presbyters and deacons received the body of the Lord. For thus the words of the Nicene canon say, Let the deacons, according to their order, receive the Holy Communion after the presbyters, from the bishop or from a presbyter. And Paul, 1 Corinthians 11.33, commands concerning the communion, Tarry one for another, so that there may be a common participation. For inasmuch, therefore, as the Mass with us has the example of the Church, taken from the Scripture and the Fathers, we are confident that it cannot be disapproved, especially since sincere public ceremonies, for the most part, like those hitherto in use, are retained. Only the number of Masses difference, which because of the very great and manifest abuses doubtless might be profitably reduced. For in olden times, even in churches most frequented, a Mass was not celebrated every day, as in the tripartite history testifies. Again, in Alexandria, every Wednesday and Friday, the scriptures are read, and the doctors expound them, and all things are done except the solemn rite of communion.